It's another episode of Every Horror Movie on Netflix, the show where we watch, review, and discuss every horror movie on Netflix. Back again, I am Patrick, here as usual with my fellow clowns, Chris. <laughs> Hello. And Steven. <laughs> Hi. Oh, y'all are scaring me. We are here this week to discuss Killer Clowns from Outer Space, my pick for this week, but we're also here to celebrate... Holy shit, you guys, our 100th episode of this podcast. What? I know, 100 right? 100 episodes? These guys need to get a life. Ugh, yeah, seriously. I've been trying. <laughs> I yeah, mean, this, what a big deal. It is a big deal, and this anniversary kind of snuck up on all of us to the point where when we recorded our 99th episode, it didn't even occur to us that our 100th episode was coming up, and we were like, oh shit, we probably should do something to celebrate this momentous occasion totally so yeah we, we should have a, a jam-packed episode right now full of celebrities and fun anecdotes and uh confetti and and neville archambeau <laughs> that is a fantastic idea that we should have had six months ago but G-J unfortunately Camp. <laughs> but unfortunately we didn't do that so instead we're going to do a little something special to celebrate the, the 100th episode, just not necessarily on this episode. We're going to do it in between this episode and, and next episode. We are inviting everyone to join us for a very special event. We're going to jump on uh, Instagram Live, Facebook Live, on uh, our social media channels at Amoncast, E-H-M-O-N-Cast, on April 1st, April Fool's Day. Really couldn't be more appropriate than that. Don't get any ideas. Don't don't fool us. Don't troll us. Don't if troll you fool us. Fool us. We'll fool you back. Not even a little. Don't troll <laughs> us. Wait, 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 wait. Degree. We have, we have ninety nine other episodes, Chris, where we've encouraged people to troll us. Well, why that, are we the, backing the, down now? Because this one's going to be live. There's no safety net. <laughs> because it's our birthday. Be nice to us. It's our birthday. Okay. Yeah. But we're going to be on the on the Facebook Live, the Instagram Live uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. So that's 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time. What is it? Greenwich Median Time. Oh 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Don't even ask me. Greenwich Median Time. <laughs> it's going to be. For our friends on the It Slays podcast out in uh, wherever, I forget where they live in Nova Scotia. It's going to be 9 p.m. for them. So, you know, adjust for your time zone. But we're going to be out there. We're going to be talking, you know, reflecting on this experience. We'll be taking questions if anybody wants to ask us a question. We might be playing some horror trivial pursuit. We're just going to be vibing. If you want to come vibe with us, say hello. Say happy 100 episodes. We'd love to have you there. April yeah. 1st, 8 p.m. Eastern and for, time. And for my uh, Twitter friends, uh, we don't have permission to do a Twitter space yet, but maybe by April 1st we will. If we yes. can, we will also simulcast this to Twitter spaces, and you'll be able to participate through there as well. Uh, it's just a matter of if the account uh, lets me do that by then. Yeah. And, you know, if it sucks, we'll never do it again. Yeah, if it sucks, we'll we'll say a hundred episodes and out was a good run. Yeah, we're done. No, no. If it sucks, we'll <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll go back to the drawing room, try and learn our lessons, and, and figure out a better way to do it. 
for episode 200. Going back to the drawing room. It'll, I love it'll it. It'll be like Apollo 13. <laughs> yeah, we need a Gary Sinise to guide us through this uh, this experience. <laughs> well, I need Gary Sinise to do something. Some guy at just the very least. live streaming for 10 hours by himself. <laughs> sweaty cameo you know whatever like gary sinis get back out there buddy you're talented <laughs> yeah he should be in the marvel universe he should what's oh a good, my, oh my god. god what's a good marvel role for him patrick oh. you're, the, you're the comics nerd you I'm are gonna, i'm gonna have to think about that fuck i i have nothing appropriate off the top of my mind i mean like nothing for a middle-aged like it's stoically handsome, but still very average-looking man. You know, quite comes to mind for me. At they the they could make him uh, the average. Green Goblin. Come they on. could make him Norman Osborn. <laughs> oh, Gary Sinise is Norman Osborn. Actually, yeah, that's dank. That's He's good. He might be the only person who doesn't make me miss Willem Dafoe. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You know what? You you just figured it out. You solved the problem. <laughs> figured well it out. Hey, speaking speaking of comics, um, Patrick, do you want to plug your other your other project right now? Is that some? Is that, oh. is that something you want to do? I, I I mean, sure. So yeah, I mean, I because I have no horror catch up this week. Really, I, I the only horror that I experienced in the past week was was watching Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, uh, well, I well. sure I'll plug my other project. Yeah. <laughs> and this is not horror related at all. But uh, and I didn't even ask Chris for this product placement. But sure. Uh, I, as I mentioned uh, a couple episodes ago, I am in the process of reading every X-Men comic ever because there was an amazing X-Men line wide relaunch about, uh, two years ago. Now I got super sucked into that, have gotten very into like the X-Men fan community, love the, there's a huge queer community around X-Men. And I love that because there's a lot of queer subtext to X-Men and a lot of political subtext in general. And I, I, I really enjoyed that. Really loved the decades-long crazy-ass soap opera that's associated with this franchise, unlike any other. And I mean, I'm into superhero comics, but there's nothing quite like the the continuity of X-Men. It's, it's dense in a way that frustrates me, but also intrigues me. So I've been reading every X-Men comic ever, posting about it on Instagram, and if you want to follow along, if you want to see some of the highlights of this journey, uh, yeah, follow at NeverEndingXMen on Instagram. Oh, uh, awesome. I didn't know you were doing this. I'm doing that, yeah. You didn't I, know he was doing this? No clue. Oh, I follow. I'm not even, I'm not, I don't even care that much about X-Men, but I follow and I, I read and yeah, there you go. I don't care much, but I'm fascinated by it. And I'm also like, like Patrick mentioned, like there is a huge queer following for the X-Men comics, which makes a lot of sense to me, given like what little I've absorbed over the years, that that would be a franchise that the queer community could kind of rally around. And yeah, I'm in, dude. I mean, awesome. Good for you. Let's just say this past week, uh, there's a big event coming up in the comics called the Hellfire Gala, which is like a huge party it's like the the met gala for for x-men it's like the, like the jellicle ball exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> and this this week they debuted all the lukes for the x-men for this event and uh i'm gonna say it broke the internet it broke the x-men fan community for a good couple of days just seeing some of the uh the wild outfits we're gonna see on the red carpet at this event emma frost just walked away with everyone's hearts, I mean, if 
she didn't have them already. Anyway, dude. Enough. Speaking of Luke's, no, I, I want to yeah. stay on this for a minute. Oh sure. I, I, I'm assuming that at least Patrick has seen the upcoming new gay Captain America. Yes. Um, I what a, what a Luke! What it's, a haircut! What a haircut! <laughs> I feel called out. I feel uh, seen in a way I don't want to be seen. It's it's a Luke. I mean, I I love and support the fact that there's a gay Captain America. I just yeah, I don't. I mean. I don't know. I don't know that much about the character yet. I'm sure the Luke makes total sense for the character. It just didn't didn't turn the dial too much for me. It's not much of a Luke. It's very scrappy. It's very street, you know? Sure, I, I will welcome him with open arms, even if I don't read the comics. I just wish he had a better haircut. I just um, Googled <laughs> Gay Captain America, because I don't know what you're talking about. So I Googled Gay Captain America, and I just saw this, like, painting of Marvel Cinematic Universe Captain America making out with Robert Downey Jr. Uh, like, yeah. That's what you would get open. for searching that, Chris. <laughs> that makes sense. Mouths wide open. Yeah, I'm, we'll be, I'm we, surprised we'll, you didn't get some like Stucky fan art first, though. But we have, we have a movie to talk about, Chris, so you should probably bookmark that for later. Yeah, put, all right. Put we'll, that, we'll put that in that. the spank bank. And, put, uh, it, put it in a tab. <laughs> All right. Well, what, what the hell? I mean, I, I don't have any horror catch up. I feel like we've kind of exhausted uh, the time we can uh, spend on non uh, movie. <laughs> I got nothing. I mean, I, I watched the last blockbuster on Netflix, so it's like not horror related necessarily. It's fine. I don't know. It's another I watched duck. Den of Thieves on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, it's not which... horror related either. <laughs> Sounds but fucking awesome. Though. It was fun. <laughs> Oh, I did watch The Queen of Black Magic and had a yes! great time with that. Holy shit, that was an intense experience, man. You did not undersell it. I mean, the centipedes in and of themselves don't do a whole lot for me, but plenty of images from that movie are just indelibly burned into my brain. Dude, Jaka Anwar, like when he makes his English language horror debut, it's going to be a big fucking deal. I can just mm. see it now, like within the next two years. I was fascinated too researching him that, uh, I mean, he is known for a couple of outstanding horror movies, but also his his filmography is all over the place. He's made comedies. I think he made, uh, from what I remember, uh, not looking at Wikipedia in this exact moment, he made the first indonesian film to feature an openly gay character which is cool whoa interesting he's done a superhero film like he's kicking off essentially the indonesian equivalent of the mcu right now like this dude is just i did read all that over the place. Yeah. dark universe <laughs> i wish no but yeah his output is all over the place and i love you know a, a, a versatile talent like that yeah and so i don't god i can't remember at this point i don't think he directed queen of black magic i think he wrote it he did that's right um but he directed impedagore or impedagore i've heard it pronounced two different ways that's next on my list and i'm hoping next episode to report back on that because that sounds even more fucked up is that on shutter it is on shutter yeah Mm. all right i'll join you in that mission we can we can meme about it cool movie club love it what the hell did we watch this week guys for the show and why i as i said already we watched killer clowns from outer space and we watched it uh because it's it's on netflix and it's a movie that i fucking love and have been wanting to bring into the show for a bit i know steven has seen it before i know Mm -hmm. chris hadn't which i was interested to have that diversity of perspective and uh this is actually the (laughs) 
now third time that I've watched this film in the past year. And y'all will both be hopefully happy to hear that this time around, I actually watched it on my very own Blu-ray copy of it. Oh, wow. You own it on blue. I bought physical media, y'all. Can you believe it? I have a little bit of a story about that. So there, there's there been a blue out for a while, but Arrow Video has put out several different editions of this movie on Blu-ray, but only in a limited fashion, and they've all sold out, and they're super fucking expensive on eBay. Mm. But it's apparently, like, you know, much better quality. It's a new restoration. Shitloads of special features. I got so excited, Patrick. When you said we were going to watch this movie, I was like, you know what? I'm finally going to click buy on that Blu-ray. I'm going to watch all the special features, all the commentaries, because I've seen this movie probably three times before. Do the research. Have tons of info to dump on you guys and it's it's gone like it uh, like unless you want to spend over a hundred bucks on it you can't get it sad sad i know super disappointed weirdly i have two copies of this movie in my house right now because pre-covid our our good friend of the pod bill lent me his copy of killer clowns before all this went down uh. And in the midst of COVID, I don't know, this was probably like April, May, June sometime last year when I was very much in the zone of just one of my main comforts was just buying random shit on eBay. I was like, I want Killer Clowns on Blu-ray. I need to own this. So I ordered it. It shows up like a week later and I'm like sticking it into the pile of of Blu-rays and DVDs on top of my PlayStation. I realize I've already got a copy in the house from Bill and I had forgotten about it so thanks for the like year and a half long loaner of your killer clowns blu-ray bill i'll give it back to you when you know this shit is all over oh i still have bill's copy of the car from like a year (laughs) and a half ago yeah i'm with you there that's the best thing when you go into a trance and you're like why don't i own this movie and then you just go on to amazon it's usually 1 30 in the morning uh blood alcohol (laughs) content above normal and you just search john carpenter blu-ray and you click add to cart add to cart add to cart definitely definitely not speaking from personal experience (laughs) yeah Uh, i mean that's an infrequent experience for me because i don't know i'm just not i'm not a physical media nerd the way y'all are but over the past year it's happened a couple of times also bought bram stoker's dracula out of nowhere uh in the past year on blu-ray so it happens so we should set up killer clowns but also at the same time almost what's the point it's it's it's, it is exactly what the title tells you it is yeah like through and through (laughs) it's almost it's almost in a way plotless to me it's a vehicle for amazing special effects and i i almost i don't even know where to break for spoiler room on this because what spoilers are there in killer clowns i don't know who cares I want well, to have it for structural reasons, but I don't. I don't even know where the spoiler break would fall. You know, we'll, we'll we'll break when we have to pee, and we'll keep talking about it afterward. Perfect. But I would say mostly this is like a series of sketches. You know, like mm, you get your it's yeah. it's like your basic kind of invaders from Mars, like nineteen fifties science fiction movie where there's this you know uh, strange threat that you know comet lands on earth but it's not a comet it's a spaceship and there's aliens and they terrorize a small town that's it like there's no themes in this movie really like it doesn't have anything to say about um, social politics or politics in general it's just it's an excuse for 
really inventive special effects. It is very episodic, yes. So the basic premise is a... Yeah, is it a comet? Is it an asteroid? Some sort of... It's a spaceship. A spaceship lands on Earth, and the aliens that come out of it look like horrifying clowns. Their home base looks like a circus tent, looks like a fun house inside. All of their weapons are related to clown paraphernalia, whether it's balloon animals or popcorn or whatever. Everything ties back to clowns, but they're also aliens, and they're trying to kill people, namely are kind of three protagonists a couple man and woman uh who are kind of your typical you know teenagers quote unquote in love and a their friend the police officer and they're trying to fend off the killer clowns. their friend the police officer their friend <laughs> the police officer a phrase that almost none of us can say Right, that is a very bizarre element of this movie. And, like, the real villain is, uh, I think, um, I mean, aside from the, obviously, the titular clowns, but for a while, the real villain is is Deputy Mooney, who Chris has uh, adopted the name of for this <laughs> Zoom chat. And, like, it's a, it's a small town that's adjacent to a college, and early on, we understand that this apparently two-person police force is <laughs> just, like, on the, uh, just looking, looking to nab teenagers and early 20 somethings for reckless drinking or whatever well like they're they're just mooney, like there's mooney is mooney is and there's nothing going on they're just looking to nab people for openly carrying bottles of wine which seems to happen a lot in this movie and i love it i relate to it mm. um i don't think there's a beer in oh there is one beer with the guys crossing the street but it's I, a lot of wine and champagne yeah a lot like, of wine that's and champagne. rare to see in a movie and i i felt very seen it's so true actually that Mooney is kind of the true antagonist of the movie because he's he's really the first antagonistic force that we see like within the first three to four minutes of the movie we see someone crossing the street and Mooney's like watching the kid cross the street he's just like son of a bitch yeah I I thought that this was going to be a movie about a maniac cop um, much like Den of Thieves now you got to watch maniac cop for that yeah um but no Hell yes so here's the thing i had not seen this movie before so i was kind of groaning having to watch it killer clowns from outer space not a title that interests me uh, sure you know that's fair it it, it it i was expecting something that was like asylum level like isn't this funny that we have clowns from outer space and they're killing yeah. people and i just mm-hmm. wasn't that interested what I did appreciate compared to other movies kind of in that vein and compared to other sort of like 80s slasher movies, etc., which this isn't really a slasher movie, but kind of close to it in some parts, um, is I thought the characterization was pretty decent. Um, you know, you have this young couple and they are actually you stick with them. They don't just die immediately. Like I thought right. they were going to. So you kind of get to know him throughout the course of the movie. And then, yeah, you have this officer Mooney who, I mean, he's a, he's an asshole. So this is a, this is like a middle-aged close to retirement cop who is just a misanthrope. He thinks that the college mm-hmm. that's a, the, the college that's adjacent to his town has just ruined his town with all these college kids. And he's just out to like, you know, crack skulls, arrest people on trumped up charges. Oh, he'll put he, people in jail for jaywalking if he has to, like yeah. he's that pent up in his rage for these yeah. young kids. He's just uh he's just in a very abusive man. And, 
and um, that's not the kind of character I'm typically a fan of, but I thought he was kind of compelling, especially as the movie goes hmm. along and the kind of the the conflict is you have all these clowns in outer space and or from outer space and the Mooney refuses to believe it and so it's like oh doggedly like just yeah. to beyond all reason refuses to believe it right and then like the his phone comes- is ringing off the hook with calls about killer clowns fucking people up and Mooney's just like nope He's like, nope, I'm just going to smoke a fucking cigar and sit back and not answer the phone anymore because these people are crazy. I've heard reports of people dying, but I haven't seen any bodies, so... And and the actor has such a presence, too. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really interesting actor. Uh, I tried to see what else he was in. He was the uh, police chief in Dirty Harry, I think. Or wow, the mayor in Dirty Harry. Okay. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, Chris, he, I'm, Chris, I'm sensing an early spirit of J Award frontrunner from you here. Maybe I don't know. It's 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 hard <laughs> to get on the side of a of a bad cop like that, but. I actually, that's what I was going to say, because that's what was interesting to me. I ended up on his side because he comes face to face with a, he comes face to face with a killer clown from outer space. And all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, crack this clown's skull. (laughs) Put the, you know, like I was, I was for extra judicial police violence against the killer clown from outer space. Something (laughs) I would ordinarily never be in favor of. Well, talk about, I mean, (laughs) that's something we should say for the spoiler room, what his fate winds up Oh, absolutely. And that is like the most horrifying scene in the movie to me by far. Yes. That was the first moment where I was like, maybe this movie's good because for the most part it, is, it does play like you're watching like looney tunes well it's it is intri- very cartoonish i mean like these killer clowns who who do look pretty fucking horrifying oh um, yes i mean the chiodo brothers like, who Jesus. who made this movie uh they i mean the special effects are very cheap this is clearly a very low budget movie but they maximize the budget yeah um and make everything look as good as possible it's often kind of clunky but for the most part these clowns are just doing what clowns do you know they like one of them turns a a a balloon a bunch of balloons into a dog and the dog starts barking on its own and And it's amazing some some shadow puppet shit and and all you've got with that balloon dog is a literal balloon animal and just the actor playing it up to play like they're holding a literal dog pulling a leash and yeah it works like gangbusters it is simultaneously silly like you're kind of laughing at what you're seeing but also kind of shocked at how effective it is at least totally i was i mean i i really related when when chris said killer clowns from outer space i doesn't sound like something I'd want to watch. I mean, that was my reaction for months after, I think actually after Bill brought the Blu-ray over to my house, I was like, eh, I don't know about this. That doesn't sound that interesting. It sounds like it's trying to be funny slash scary Mm -hmm. slash dopey slash edgy. And I mean, it is trying to be those things, but it succeeds in my opinion. I, I saw, I saw this as a teenager and I think even I was trying to cast my mind back to how I felt about the prospect of watching a movie with this title back then. And I think I felt the same way. I was like, oh, this sounds like it's it's like a Leprechaun movie. You know, like it knows it's a bad movie and it's just going to be a bunch of bullshit and, and, you know, stupid one-liners and whatever. But, like, the Chiodo brothers try to sell it as hard as they possibly can while also acknowledging that it is 
uh, a fucked up parody of a 50s B sci-fi movie. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, they really lean into the concept in a way that I found kind of admirable and kind of ballsy. Yeah, I mean, the, the clowns, I, I fucking love the clowns. The clowns look amazing. They're the scariest clowns I've ever seen. They're the most disgusting clowns I've yeah. ever seen. They're surprisingly lifelike in that, you know, they're huge rubber masks, but their eyes blink and whatever in a fairly convincing way. Um, it's it's simultaneously weirdly lifelike and weirdly drawing your attention to the fact that it is an effect. I don't know. It's, 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 it's a it's very... Yeah, no, exactly, Patrick. It is hard to describe, but I think you nailed it. We're like, they're trying to sell you with fairly low-budget effects that they managed to, to do pretty well for 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 the resources they have mm-hmm. um but at the same time also kind of winking at you and then every time you f- at least for me every time i felt like oh god this is going too far it's getting too silly something truly fucked up happens i mean there's yeah. a scene where one of the clowns and i'd i'd a lot of this was just like muscle memory for me watching this movie but one scene that like totally blew me away was when a clown rides up on like a little tricycle yep in an alley outside of like a leather bar which also (laughs) like we could talk about the graffiti on the wall that bar i don't know what that means or if either of you noticed it it was kind of oh strange it's just kind of like random scrawlings i think right no it's there's a lot of there are some like ass and like butt puns that i didn't fully understand oh okay um it's like no butt, no putt, ass or grass are two of the things written on the wall. Hmm. Never pays off, but it was kind of alarming to me on this on this watch. But yeah, so this this clown like rides through the alley on a tricycle. These these leather daddies are outside, just kind of smoking. Okay, that's definitely and, a biker bar. It's not like a leather. Yeah, bar. what the I, fuck? <laughs> well, it's a biker where, bar. <laughs> that's where my mind goes. It's a biker bar, uh, but it's, the, the, it's but, like the bar from Green Room. It's like the but bar the, from. Pee-wee's big adventure. I think the butt stuff and the graffiti kind of fucked me up this time around. I was like, wait, is there more to this? But yeah, it's a biker bar, and this clown rides up on a tricycle, like like through this hazy alley, and one of the bikers comes up and taunts him and breaks his bicycle, and then the clown materializes uh boxing, boxing gloves. gloves. Yeah. And one of the guys, one of the other bikers says, what are you going to do? Knock his block off? And the clown punches his head off into a trash can. Yes. Punch <laughs> decapitates the, him. Uppercut. Yeah. Th- that, that was a moment where I was like, oh, this movie is like... I I can see like in another director's hands this just being like a, a silly moment um, and them getting into a fight and like the biker dying. But the fact that that Steven Chiodo, the director, went as far as to like have the clown punch the guy's head literally off, took it to the level I needed to be at. It's simultaneously funny and genuinely unsettling. Yeah, totally. Because it just, it really kind of comes out of nowhere and it's helped along by the the clown's kind of expressionlessness. You know, I mean, they're all... I don't know if their mouths ever change shape from what I can remember. And you've got this, you know, small clown. He's he's short. He's the shortest clown. Rides yeah. up on his little bike and he's got his same dopey, creepy grin the whole time. And you're almost thinking, you know, maybe these bikers are actually going to fuck him up. And, totally. And 
and then oh maybe he's just goofing around with his boxing no. gloves no I, he's gonna I, straight up fucking murder this guy by punching his head off no i never i never thought the bikers were gonna fuck him up <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think the bikers were gonna fuck him up i didn't think the clown would fuck the biker up as bad as he did though it was oh, like I, some I, knock him sock him robots i knew he was gonna die but yeah it was it was a satisfying payoff um no movie this reminded me of gremlins Mm. Oh, yeah. Well, that is no mistake, Chris, because the Chiodo brothers, what I knew them from as a kid, just seeing their name in credits, was Critters 1 and Critters 2. They did the whole series. I've never seen 3 and 4, but Critters was uh, also starring Dee Wallace, who we interviewed on the show. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, that was a blatant Gremlins ripoff. Oh, well, there we go. And that, that that was their claim to fame is that they they created the Krites and did all kinds of really fun inventive stuff with them in those two movies. Um the the movie benefits from like Patrick was saying um about the like the the look of these clowns. It's very much in the I, a very specific era of like late 80s early 90s uncanny valley animatronic characters yes I, I was gonna i was gonna bring up uncanny valley as well they exist in the uncanny valley of physical things like it, it's like um the the sitcom dinosaurs or yeah. uh, the harry and <laughs> the hendersons or yeah. you know things like that where it's like i think there's a person like the eyes are moving <laughs> but, but yeah they're else they're is- yeah, they're like real enough to convince you, but unreal enough to still just be extremely disorienting in the best way. It works for this movie that they look real, but not quite real enough. The creepiest scenes in this movie to me, because like, you know, they look amazing. The, the creature design is amazing. On this watch, I was like, eh, like the eyes don't blink enough, like, they look a little cheap, like, you can tell the hands can't move, you know, naturally, but they're doing the best what they can for the budget. The scenes that really creep me out in this movie are, like, the incidental scenes, where, like, a clown is, like, backing into a doorway after a confrontation, and Mm. it looks like something out of a fucking snuff film. (laughs) That also happens to feature clown aliens. There are a couple of those in this where I was like... that down. (laughs) The scenes were, like, there's just the guy in the clown suit behaving in like a normal way but like not related to any kind of horrific event like there is one scene that i'm that i just referred to where like a clown like does something fucked up and like giggles and like backs away into a doorway in a wide shot and in the wide shot with the grainy cheap cinematography it scared me. Like, Wait, I don't know if it was how does, intended how con- to. How does that connect to the snuff film, though? That was the main thing I was curious about. Because it, it because it looked real, like as real as like you can imagine these characters oh, like existing in a okay. film. Yeah, it was like there were there were two of those moments in this um, that just gave me the chills in a way I wasn't expecting yeah. after having seen it multiple times. And I think part of that is is credited to like whatever source Netflix has for this film really shows the grain and shows like mm. the, the low budget aspect of the production in a way that I had never seen before because I've only ever seen this on the fucking cheap ass MGM DVD from the early 2000s. I, I I love the absurdity of the concept and the commitment to the bit of everything tying back to clowns in one way or another 
Yeah. Uh, and, and the lack of explanation for that, the characters discuss it at one point and offer theories as to why these aliens look and behave like clowns. Uh, but there's no actual answer given. And I fucking love that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was, so I needed that. I, I didn't need an answer, but I needed them to acknowledge that. And they did. They do acknowledge it. Yeah. And that was all I needed. They do, and, and, and that's wonderful. I, I have to say, it is very strange seeing this film in the wake of It, Stephen King's It, and like um, having read the book since I saw the film, having seen the TV miniseries... Uh, since I saw this film and having seen the Andy Muschietti movies, like that added kind of a new level of creepiness to me because I was like, well, we don't really get an explanation, but the one my brain wants to fill in is that like these aliens are not clowns. They look nothing like clowns. Like they, they like take on the form of clowns because it's something uh, familiar and creepy to humans, but they do it in like the most fucked up way because they don't understand like how we relate to clowns and how they look. Well, I love the interpretation that one character offers in the film that maybe they were here before us, before clowns in general. And our concept of clowns is based on the killer clown. That's also totally it. That's a a good galaxy brain moment, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that's totally it. But I think this came out either the same year or the year after it came out. But that it was I don't know. I mean it's completely incidental. It has obviously has nothing to do with the production of this movie, but like having like dealt with clowns in horror in my life since I saw this, it was kind of interesting to see it again, like having that as sort of a template for an explanation of like these aliens appearing as something other than what they might actually look like. Yeah, I just love how far you take the bit. I mean, whether you've got, you know, popcorn being shot out of popcorn guns that later, (laughs) when thrown in a clothes hamper, turns into horrifying little baby clown faces that pop out on John Carpenter-esque little tentacles and menace a woman in a bathroom. It's... It's wild. I just I I love the commitment to the bit. Yeah, and one of my you know most common criticisms of movies like this are that they don't stick to the premise enough. Yeah. Um, you know, have any of you ever seen Puss in Boots, the the Shrek spinoff? No, movie? no, God no. Well, you're familiar with with Puss in Boots, the <laughs> yeah. the the cat that's Zorro. Of course, yeah. yeah. Antonio yeah. Banderas. Well, right. Well, he got his own film, and. Uh, Anytime that character is acting like a cat in that movie, it's hilarious. But instead of just having him do a Zorro thing, they send him off on some quest where it's like, oh, you actually have to do this. It's, they send him on some fantasy quest that could be any character. Hmm. It doesn't, and, and it just kills the whole movie. And that's often what you get with these movies where it's like, yeah, all right, so the premise is there's a killer clown, but then it plays out like a, you know, it could be anything. No, this movie sticks to the premise in every scene. Totally. Clown shit happening. They're killer clowns. They're from outer space. If you don't like it, fuck you. There's no respite. One hundred percent. I mean, like it, it really does commit on every level, and and that's what I admire about it. That's that's what sets us apart from a leprechaun movie or an asylum movie. Like it, yeah. it, it knows what it is, and it's so ballsy that I can't believe this thing got made and released in nineteen eighty eight. I mean, it feels in a way very ahead of its oh. time. 
This was made in the year of my birth. My birth, too. I didn't realize that. Yes. And Chris's. Yep. Amazing. Wow. We're killer clown babies. I want to circle back to the uh, what Chris said about the characterization. I found that very interesting because that is, to me, I guess a weak link, and 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 I don't have a problem with it. It because I'm like again, it's a it's a delivery mechanism for crazy effects and concepts. But I don't know. The character seemed a little stock to me. But I love that Chris was was feeling it. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. this wasn't the Irishman. Within like, reason, yeah. It wasn't like, Zack Snyder's Justice League. It, it was... What I mean is, like, I appreciate that we kind of stuck with the same cast of characters the whole movie. Yeah. Um, it's not like a movie where they're just killing random people. Like, like um, uh, I don't know. I can't think of a good example like right now. fucking but, Friday the 13th or any slasher. Sure. Any slasher. And, and you have a couple interesting things going on. I mean, you have Officer or Deputy Mooney, who is a, a really a character and played with a really yeah. compelling actor. And then you got the tension between him and the younger cop, who is more by the book and a little turned off by Mooney's ways. That cop is also the ex-boyfriend of our heroine. So yeah. you have like a love triangle where you have the, the young lovers and they need help from the cop. They go to the cop because she has the relationship with the cop, and she knows that he'll believe her when she says there's killer clowns from outer space. (laughs) But then that creates tension when the two boyfriends have to interact. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, there's just, it's not, you know, no one's winning an Oscar today, but it's, it's, you know, I appreciate that there were little details like that that you could hook your attention onto and be like, oh, that's interesting. And the young cop has a dark side too, which I thought was interesting. You know, he's not a, He's not a great guy. I don't even know if I know what you're talking about, actually. The the cop, our, pra- our protagonist. One of, yeah, the, one of the three I mean, the, protagonists. The, I forget the, his name. There's Mike and Debbie, and I forget what the cop's Dave, name is. Dave, I think. Yeah, the, the younger... Yeah, Dave, something like sure. that. Deputy Dave or something. I mean, he's he's a little bit of a hard ass. He um, is is a little cruel to uh, our our lovers um, at different times. A little uh, bit, but he's also like, like under okay, the thumb of Deputy Mooney. This guy's a psychopath. You know? He's like kind of Mooney's apprentice yeah. and and yeah. trying not to be like him, but is also like stuck behaving in that kind of old school cop way. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Well, and we've also got we've also got fucking click and clack. The garbage oh my God. ice cream. I could do without them, to be perfectly frank. I yes, I agree, a hundred percent. They're annoying as fuck. But also, like that's a trope in like fifties, sixties sci-fi movies. Yeah. Like you got to have, uh, yeah, they they're just like a means to an end. Like we got like there's got to yeah. be somebody who acts kind of crazy at the beginning and like disrupts things, who eventually will become useful to the plot. Yeah, uh, just. It's Jar Jar Banks. Yeah, they I mean, are essentially. The Jar Jar Banks, yeah. But here's the thing you don't need a comic relief character when your movie's Killer Clowns from Outer Space and you're not playing it straight. Yeah. I'll second yeah. that. Uh, yeah. The whole movie's, yeah. That, the, the, your comic relief is that you have Killer Clowns from this Outer Space. This movie's already slightly under 90 minutes, and I feel like it might not be a feature length film if we got rid of those characters. <laughs> <laughs> a famous a famous short well yeah i mean we're talking about how their means to an end we may as well get to the end i feel like we're getting there already do y'all want to review it and go down to the spoiler tent oh absolutely yeah absolutely all right uh i want that fucking cotton candy right now 
Oh, right. God, we didn't even talk about the cotton candy. They fucking encase people in cotton candy pods, and when they open one for the first time, it's disgusting and horrifying. Yeah, I was horrified. It's gross. I've seen worse. Right. Uh, uh, well, I feel like I, I should mean, go yes. last, because I feel like uh, y'all have made your feelings on this movie clear, and I'm the wild card. I'm the... I'm the... I'm the... I'm the... I want to keep you in suspense. Yeah. Oh, I you mean, might be surprised by my review. Well, oh. go ahead and surprise us. Yeah, surprise us, Steve. I'm going to give it a cue. It. Uh, this is a movie that I, I I don't know that I've ever loved, but it's popped back in my life. I think four times now. <laughs> you gave it a view it. You gave it a preemptive view at last episode, Stephen. Are you rescinding your rating? I am because I just watched it again, and I'm like, man, this is fucking clunky. I got like a little bit. I honestly got a little bit bored at a couple of points i didn't find the special effects as impressive for the era as i did the last time i watched it but you know it's got that scrappy charm i like i love that um it's better than other films of its ilk or at least films that might be suggested by a title like this but you know it's pretty it's it's obviously hokey, like that's the bit, but sometimes it's a little too hokey. Some of the gags are grown worthy. The clowns are scary. Uh, I also found them to be less animated and like lifelike than I did when I'd seen this previously. So I would say like, you know, if 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 you're curious about it's not the kind of B movie that I would watch with a crowd. I don't think it's I don't think it's a crowd movie, and that's kind of what I want it to be. It doesn't have enough surprising moments in it to justify like getting together the group of people and getting drunk and eating pizza and laughing at it. Everybody's gonna tune out and talk about something else for long stretches of this. <laughs> that's my take. But I you know, it does hold a dear place in my heart, which is why I'm not giving it a complete screw it. Patrick? unequivocal view it view it with prejudice watched it three times in the past year it's a fucking blast every goddamn time i can't imagine a better crowd movie to watch i can't imagine i mean everybody's gonna shut up and well actually not shut up they're going to start talking in the middle of every fucking movie there's no movie you can turn on that people will just be riveted to the entire time great crowd movie great movie to watch on your own love this movie love this movie You've heard the rest of, you've heard the rest of my review for the past forty five minutes. I don't need to elaborate. I love your passion Chris. for it, but it's no blood rage, Chris. Uh, oh, bl- blood rage! Get the fuck out! Blood rage! Get the fuck out! I'm just fucking that with movie, you. That no, yeah. Chris. I'm gonna give it a cue. It. Um, I, I respect the um, uh, the little vignettes. There, a lot of the little uh, clown gags are pretty entertaining in that sort of gremlins kind of way. Um, I. By the way, I, I have to interject real quickly. Are these cues spelled with a K or a Q? Uh, it's a it's a K. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Steven, is yours a K or a Q? It's a Q. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna give it a cue. It, it, it's like you know the the effects are are good. The 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 little sequences are fun. Um, like I said, it, it, it exceeded my very low expectations. I certainly understand the appeal of this movie, or and why you know people uh, uh, look back on it as a classic cult classic. Uh, it mm-hmm. just. 
didn't really bring that much to the table for me. I found it really hard to pay attention to it. Uh, you know, it's. I agree with Steven on the crowd pleasing thing. Like, there's not, there weren't enough moments that surprised me. I think or engaged me. You know, the title. You watch the first ten minutes of the movie. You know what you're gonna get. It's all variations on a theme basically yeah. there were a couple parts i really liked but you know especially the parts where they're just kind of going through the motions of like oh the heroes have to go to the spaceship and they have to explore it and it's like ah there's no no reason for me there's no reason for me to care about anything in this movie as a movie you're basically just watching short three minute segments of clowns doing crazy clown things but it's 2021 if i want to watch you know non-sequitur three-minute comedy segments i can just go to youtube i can hit autoplay and probably have just as much fun so this is utterly fascinating to me because both of you have said nothing but positive things until the reviews then you gave your reviews and both gave it a middling like uh endorsement but said almost nothing but negative things in the actual content of your reviews it's very interesting mine isn't negative i gave it a cue it with a with a q <laughs> not a k no no the rating was a cue it but you said well mostly I, I think things, i'm, I think I I'm inclined when we're just talking to talk about the things that i found interesting or the things that i liked more than just be like it didn't turn the dial for me which is basically the substance of my negative review I, it was hard for me to figure out how to review this movie or how to like what rating to give it because I've had such a deep history with it, but and I do enjoy a lot of things about it. But when it comes down to recommending it to other people over B conscious B movies that do a better job than this movie does, that's where I kind of kind of have to draw a line. I thought I was going to get canceled uh, by the horror community for a while because I was watching this and I thought, I know people love this movie, but I feel like I'm about to just say I hate this movie. I don't hate the movie. And I totally understand why people love the movie. Uh, there's a lot to love in the movie. Uh, it's just when it comes down to we're only on this planet for a finite amount of time. Do you really want to spend 80 minutes of that time uh, watching this movie when you could be playing online blackjack? Uh <laughs> Absolutely not. I want to spend I want to spend 240 minutes of my time and I have. Yeah. That's my answer to that question. But anyways, we need to get to the spoiler big top. So before we head over there, before we ride our little tricycles over there, I will remind you as always to follow us on social media. We're at Amoncast, E H M O N Cast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and as a reminder, again, we will be live on Facebook and Instagram, maybe even Twitter, on April the 1st at 8 p.m. Eastern to celebrate our 100th episode. Also, check out our website. We've got a merch store out there where you can buy you know, all kinds of paraphernalia with uh, Amon art on it. You can see the list of all the movies we've ever uh, watched along with our ratings for them. And also mm-hmm. follow us and review us on your podcast provider of choice. Uh, it helps people find the show, and we love to see the feedback. So, should we head over to the uh, Alien Big Top Circus Funhouse of Spoiler Majesty? I mean, it might just yes. be a crater by the time we get there, but yeah, yeah let's, let's head let's, there. Quite possible. Let's go over there in a, in a shot-for-shot remake of the Stephen King segment from Creepshow. Oh my god, yes, we have to talk about that too. Okay, I'm excited. Let's go to the Big Top. I don't remember what that was, so let's get on over there. We'll see ya.
All right, we're back. We have landed in the Amon spoiler crater to discuss whatever the ostensible spoilers are for killer clowns from outer space. Well, one thing that I will throw out here just for starters, and it's not a spoiler, it's just something we haven't talked about yet, is I fucking love the theme song to this movie, mm. which is about killer clowns from By outer space. By the Dickies. And it slaps. It fucking slaps. Do you want me to blow your mind right now? Are you ready for this? Blow my mind. Blow so my mind. So it was originally written to be a James Bond song. No. I love the Dickies. I can't remember why I love the Dickies. They did like a bunch of like kind of comedy horror songs, I think, in the 80s and 90s. And my friend Dan, who's my best friend in high school, RIP, was into them. And also he introduced me to this movie. Uh, Cliff Martinez was the drummer of the Dickies in the era that they recorded this song. Cliff Martinez, like... The Wait, what do I know Cliff Martinez from? He's he's done, like, other movie famous, music, right? Famous composer. I I mean, I can Google him, but I'm pretty sure he did the soundtrack for Drive. Oh. The Scorpion Jacket movie? Yeah, that <laughs> yes, movie. Yes, that one. Uh, yeah, hold on. Let me look it up. Yeah, he, he did the soundtrack for Drive. Like, he's, like, this amazing okay. electronic composer, and he was the drummer in the Dickies for the Killer Clowns from Outer Space wow. theme song. And also, that motif, that, like, guitar riff that comes up throughout this movie when things get heated is baller. It's so wow, good. he... Cliff Martinez was a drummer with the Red Hot Chili Peppers yes. and Captain Beefheart, yeah. but he's also scored Spring Breakers and multiple films by, bringing it full circle, Steven Soderbergh. He scored Sex, Lies, and Videotape, Solaris, Contagion, and Traffic. The Solaris, that was, that was the Solaris but, soundtrack but, yeah. is something I listen to routinely. Like if I want Oh, that's right. We were we were talking yeah. about C- Steven Soderbergh before we even started recording today. Yeah, Patrick's making a reference. He says it's full circle because we were talking about Steven uh, hey, Soderbergh for about to. 45 minutes before we started recording. Yeah. So, yeah. if you're feeling uh confused, listener. This is don't this worry. is why we need to have a Patreon so we can put that 45 minutes of Steven Soderbergh chat on Patreon. Yeah, and- the, the the content our our fans crave. But I love I love an eighties or nineties horror movie that has a theme song. Yes, you know, like like Freddy's Dead yes. or um, Repo Man. Yeah. You know the Iggy Pop song, and this is very much in that vein. But it's fucking great. Like it's a song I would listen to in my normal daily life, like on a on a drive. It's just a great riff. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's like yeah, if you turned. Uh, that the, the stereotypical circus music into like a punk guitar riff. Totally, it's great. Anyways, what are the spoilers from Killer Clowns from Outer Space? Well, we were going to talk about uh, Stephen King ripoff. Oh yeah, um, right. Which is just you know, it's it's not nothing, no big deal. But basically, this this big top spacecraft tent crashes in this crater, and of course, the first person to find it is this just absolute bumpkin farmer. Uh, much oh. like Stephen King in Creepshow. Yes, and basically, okay. he has the same monologue to himself how could and I goes have, out to investigate. How could I have forgotten that segment? <laughs> That's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's Stephen wild, King's- and also, like, I don't know who the actor is, but, like, 
I can't tell if he's doing a bad job or a really fucking good job playing that dopey character. Either way, I didn't like it. And this is at the be- right, right at the beginning of the movie. So this is before the movie had scored goodwill with me. And it really kind of put me off. I was like, this is this is not interesting or original. And it's like below South Park level of comedy. Oh, I don't, I don't um, know about all that. But I like South Park. R.I.P. Pooh Bear is all I can say. I thought Pooh Bear was going to come back. That's the dog. I, okay, that that's a theme. Let's let's cast our minds back to other films that we've seen in our journey that have featured the deaths of animals, particularly yeah. dogs. Like Don't this kill is a movie. It. This is a movie where like I was weirdly not upset about the death of, of the dog because it, it was such a surreal scene that I almost didn't even realize it was happening before my eyes. Well, well, they do humane capture. They have a net and they net the dog. And you don't see the dog die. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. You're so right. That's, I thought the dog was going to be on the spaceship and show up again later in the movie, be biting a clown's leg or something. I mean, the Chiodo brothers reportedly wanted to create a whole franchise or perhaps a TV series that's, I think, still supposedly in the works. Even it is. You yeah, know, there's, there's three an IMDb later. So maybe maybe Pooh Bear will still show back up. There's an IMDb page for a Killer Clowns in Outer Space Two 3D that is very confusing to me because I don't know if it's been shot and not released or what is happening with it. But I hope that Pooh Bear comes back. They're gonna thought, they're gonna have to recast him though. I thought the effects on Pooh Bear. Oh yeah, Bear that dog were, is dead. That 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 actual dog, Pooh Bear in the movie, he's dead. Wasn't it an animatronic dog? I thought it was a puppet. It looked really good. <laughs> no, I mean I mean the actual dog that was used in the filming is he's dead now. Like there's I mean, no the way puppet, he's... the dog was a puppet. It wasn't a real dog, it was a puppet. There was a real dog in some of those scenes no, though, and that puppet. dog is dead. It was a it was an animatronic. That was definitely a dog. It was an animatronic. It was, Stop it. A real dog. Stop <laughs> it. But yeah, it is it is one million percent the lonesome death of Jordy Verrill, that whole sequence. Like this like old like fucking hillbilly living in this shack out in the middle of nowhere, like, oh a comet's landing in my yard and I'm, we're gonna we're gonna strike it rich and like sell this thing off. It's just and then it's the le- most it's the most least in- most least it's the least interesting place for such a thing to land. I want to see it land outside the high school football game, and and the jock goes out and he's like, "Don't worry." I, and then the jock gets his head torn off and the clown kicks it through the uprights at the football field. That that is more imaginative. But- and they give the team three. The visiting team gets three points. This does feel very much like we've seen Creepshow, we've read EC Comics, we're going to do that scene over again. Like, old, old prospector type finds, yeah. finds the, the alien in his backyard. Um, I but it very quickly, it. I enjoyed it, and the actor's performance is baffling and strange. Like, I don't know who he is or what else he's been in but he seemed drunk as fuck and like unable to deliver his lines in a way that made any kind of real sense and that lended to the campiness to me i mean it's a caricatured character he's playing it exactly as how it's intended to be played and any one of us could play that character right now i i will say though like this time around watching this movie that actor seemed slightly confused and i (laughs) that made it even more amusing to me well let me tell you about a great performance uh oh let's hear it again i'm talking about deputy mooney because when i think about spoilers for this movie 
the only scene that I would not dare to spoil because it was so impactful on me oh, is God. the ultimate fate of one Deputy Mooney. It is... I, I I did not remember this scene, even though I've seen this movie multiple times, and it fucking chilled me to the bone. Bone chilling. So Deputy Mooney, as as referenced previously, comes face to face with a killer clown. Uh, he he books him. He good for him. He uh, there's a little bit of trouble with the handcuffs and everything, but ultimately the killer clown gets put in the jail cell. Uh, yeah, because and, the and killer he not, clown. He does, not, he does not. He does not get put in the jail cell. He never winds up there. Like it. it like this. No, he does. He's this, in the jail cell. He. Yeah. He, he? he yeah. voluntarily enters the jail cell after having shed the hands that were handcuffed. He just like yeah. sheds them like a snake and regrows new hands. But still, snakes allows, don't have hands. But still, it's like a snake's skin, Chris. It's a fucking metaphor. Don't get fucking smart with me. (laughs) But he allows himself to be incarcerated and then reaches his creepy clown hand through the bars. Why is the the word incarcerated so funny to me in this context? Because I used it because I thought it was going to be funny to use in this context. (laughs) I laughed as well. But but yeah, he grows Um, extra long hands to to seize mooney through the bars because because it'll well, be he, more weird and creepy and awesome no he has way. a he has a uh he has like a doesn't he have like a noisemaker or something oh yes yes that's oh that's a, right a noisemaker yeah. and it unfurls what you guys are talking about is not even the most fucked up thing that happens oh, to no, Mooney, we're, though. We're getting, I was like, I, I was moving beyond that. Oh, we're moving beyond <laughs> that. So, so the young deputy, Deputy Dave or Jake or whatever, shows I up. I think it's Dave. Dave, Deputy Dave shows up, and he finds that you know it, it's like the Joker has been in the police department. There is clown-related oh, yeah. paraphernalia painted on the walls, giant footprints he, all over the giant place. giant footprints. He sees yeah. that the punks who were arrested in the, like the first scene of the movie have been. Cocooned. He goes out into the police station desk area and he sees Deputy Mooney, but he has been turned into a ventriloquist puppet. Oh, yes. And so unsettling, the fucking clown has his arm in Deputy Mooney, making him emote, making him say things about how, like, we're here to kill all y'all. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he takes his hand out. Deputy Mooney goes limp. But it was very unsettling. Very he not chilling. only takes his hand out, there's a flourish of flicking the blood off of his glove. Oh, yeah. Like a samurai that is sword. What, that is what fucked me up. Yeah. Is that little flick of his hand, his glove, with the in the blood flying off. I was like, immediately, I was like, oh, that's what's wrong with this movie. We needed more of that kind of nastiness it's a, this it's whole a, time. It's a classic samurai move. These are these are killer samurai clowns from outer Oh, space. the clown has, like, ostensibly thrust his hand through Mooney's spine and up his neck to puppet him from inside. There's his, nothing surgical about this, nothing neat about it. It's just gross. He's got the jaw cut like a yeah. ventriloquist puppet. Um, and it, it really did remind me of the classic James Wan film, Dead Silence, uh, <laughs> which we will be watching if it returns to Netflix. <laughs> I, I am excited to finally have a reason to watch that. Oh, my God. I've been curious about it for a long time. Although, you, I think you spoiled it for me a while ago, Chris. I did, but you probably don't remember. I don't. But it, it is the definitive movie about people being turned into puppets. <laughs> 
Uh, anyway, what else? I, I thought it was a legitimately unsettling sequence. That was the only time in this movie that it approached something like horror for me personally. Um, you know man, what approaches? You know what approaches horror for me even more than that is when they're in what? the fucking funhouse at the end and they just keep opening doors. Like they open a door, there's another smaller yeah. door behind it. They open that door, there's a smaller door behind. It. There's like five doors, and it's another one of those things where I mean, it is a joke. It's played for humor but also it's legitimately nightmarish and unsettling to me like that's something that would happen in a dream for me totally that that is nightmare logic there's some stuff in the sequence that i thought was like really cheap looking like the clowns are like kind of doing a little parade and there's like the cardboard fucking door frames moving back and forth i'm like all right that's really cheap but when we get the, when we get to the the escalating level of doors getting smaller and smaller and smaller, my anxiety increased. Yeah. I thought that was a really brilliant scene. Um, and, and very cheaply done too. I mean, oh, like, yeah. it's not like a big special effects scare. No, I like I've, and, and I don't think I've ever seen anything like that in a horror movie before. No. You guys ever but been it, in a fun house like that? Yeah. Well, not like that, but, no. uh, I used to like the House of Mirrors at the fair, but uh, I think the only time I went through on my own, as in not with a parent, I got a bloody nose, and I had to find my way out oh, with no. my head tipped back. Oh, no. Shit, and did you run into a mirror? No, I just I spontaneously got a bloody nose, and oh. um, <laughs> I ran into, there were like some girls in the House of Mirror as I was on my way out, and they were like... Oh, he's got a bloody nose. <laughs> <laughs> you became oh, the horror. Yeah. yeah, I heightened their experience at least. But yeah, so they get through all these doors and we get to the final climactic battle, which is with a giant clown, which is mega a mega clown. I, I've called mega it a mega clown. clown. Mega clown. Yeah. And definitely mega clown. Yeah. yeah. It looks like a puppet, and I'm not sure if it's supposed to look like a puppet. I think, I mean, because it almost it fits with the aesthetic. If it is a giant, like, clown that has strings attached to it, it, and and I love that too, that it works either way. It could just be a giant puppet on a miniature set, or, or it could be part of the aesthetic. I don't know. He's he's definitely got strings when he comes down, yeah. but I think the strings become cut, and he's he's a live ass giant clown. Mm. Uh, Wait, but, he has strings? But, are you kidding? Yeah, well, there are when he first strings, yeah. Well, first emerges, he's like a marionette, which which raises God, the I horrifying question of who who holds the strings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, an even wow, bigger I, clown. I, yeah, shit. Yeah, I mean um, it's a it's a big, dopey fun final battle he smashes the douchebag brothers ice cream truck turns out they're okay because they just hid in the back in the freezer with the ice cream yeah they'll end up the ice cream's still cold the guy's like eating an ice cream sandwich or a popsicle or something afterwards and the clowns i mean in the end the the humans really don't win i think presumably the clowns have just collected enough humans and enough human blood and they take the fuck mm-hmm. off. Yep, and and that's the only insight we get into their motivation because we're we are hiding out in the cotton candy room where they keep all the cocooned humans, and we see a clown uh, kind of come in and he and he sticks the pod with his crazy straw, mm-hmm. or as the Joker would call it, a normal straw. And, 
and sucks all the blood out of this person. Yeah. And uh, and that's that's your movie. That's your movie. Oh my god, the parade sequence is great too. When they're just driving through town, collecting cotton candy pods and sucking them up in their fucking parade flow. Yeah. Is it is it is it great or is it terrible? It's great. I zoned out during that part. It's great. I was like, all right, I'm ready for this to be over. Oh, I'm <laughs> so on board. I'm, I, I got so hyped at that point. I was like, that was a Because I'm like, I'm not invested new, in the clone. It's a brand new escalation of the concept. I loved it. But I don't understand through this entire movie, like, why I'm rooting for the clowns. And I am for most of oh. it. But when it gets over the top... I kind of lose my enthusiasm for them and for the movie itself. I don't think I'm ever rooting actively for any character in the film, whether the human protagonist, the clowns, the police, whatever. I don't think I'm ever actively rooting for any of them. I'm just rooting for the Chiodo brothers to come up with something new and fucking crazy. I'm not... Okay, well, that I can get behind. I'm not invested. that I can get behind. I'm not invested in any of the characters on paper on a human level. I'm just invested in in the filmmaking really that's that's what i enjoy about this as someone who has a critter's poster above his toilet i'm always rooting for the chiodo brothers i need to finally watch some critters you might be disappointed but they were those films were important to me as a child but i can understand now like how you felt uh compelled to continue investing emotion in this movie um, purely on the basis of special effects. I mean, you know what? I, as I've said already way too many times, I've seen this three times in the past year. I don't know that I've ever, <clears throat> in those three times, invested my full attention in this movie. I'm always <laughs> like you know talking to somebody or i'm texting or something it's not like uh i mean this is kind of why i said before like it is kind of a great crowd movie to me because like people are inevitably gonna start fucking yakking and 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 every so often something crazy happens and i would go holy shit i was not paying enough attention and my experience every time i watch this movie is rewinding it at least a couple of times because i was not paying enough attention and something wild happens and i'm like whoa I need to see that and what the context was for that. Hmm. You know what one of my favorite like social gathering movies to put on is Man's Best Friend. What's that? Is that you know a dog talking movie? About? Yeah, it's a dog movie. It's it's. I uh, feel like I can picture the poster. I'm looking it up now. Yeah, it's it stars uh, Lance Henriksen. Oh, is that? Oh fuck! Oh fuck is right. <laughs> is that from the? Is that uh, Lassie? Uh, what's the director's name? Oh, Hallstrom. Lassie Hallstrom. Yeah. I have no idea who made it. To be honest, all I know is it's about Lance Henriksen. Dude, dogs a, were abused during the the making of that movie. It's, it's, it's what it's, I'm thinking. It's of. John Lafia is the name. Uh, co-writer of Child's oh, from, Play, director of Child's Play Two. Oh, oh, oh! I think that one. I think Stephen and I are thinking of a different movie. It's called like a We Are Patrick, a dog's and, life uh, or something. Yes, yeah. we're thinking of a dog's life. Man's best friend. Scream Factory released this. Oh, did they? Ago. I need to get the Scream Factory version then because I have an old DVD. But yeah, Lance Henriksen's a mad scientist who's made this a genetically engineered dog who gets taken out of the lab by animal rights activists and adopted by a journalist no uh, way. and it's just it's just a kind of a series of vignettes of like things a fucked up dog would do and it's you know kind of fun to watch because it's relatable that way you get to see him like you know 
eat a cat, hole, <laughs> climb a tree, cut 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 the uh, husband's brake lines. You know all, the, all those relatable things <laughs> that we like to do. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, speaking of movies that you watch with a bunch of friends, I feel like it's time for Stephen to tell us what he's watching with his friends for the next episode of this podcast. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much a wrap, I guess, on the Killer Clown <laughs> movie, right? I don't know. Do we have anything else to say about it? I'm, I'm, I'm. I, I would say I'm gassed like McGregor. I would say it's the best. Uh, <laughs> it's the maybe the best Killer Clown movie that doesn't star Joaquin Phoenix. Jack Nicholson. It's Heath better Ledger. than Killjoy. I don't know if you guys have seen Killjoy, but it's way better than that. I think there might be a whole series of those films, actually. Clowns just don't turn the oh. dial for me. All right, so we're going to do something totally different, guys. Totally different. Totally, totally fresh. Totally different. We're going to watch a horror parody slash satire. Is it Scary Movie? It's Scary Movie 5. Yes! Oh, wow. Yes! And... We're going to try so hard to get on this movie's level and talk about it without getting canceled. And I'm very excited <laughs> for that little ballet that we're going to have to do. Yes. Um, yeah, that will be a, uh, a tap dance. Oh, my God. A total tap dance. I have, this has been on my list for so long. I've avoided it partly because I can't quite summon enough enthusiasm to spend my own, like, vote on it. And also because I felt like you guys would just fucking, like, run me out of town on a rail for making you watch scary <laughs> oh, movies. Hell no. Hell no. And we're going to have to turn in our, our woke police badges before we watch <laughs> this one. I don't think so. I think as long as we set it up in the sense that, like, no target is off limits and these movies are like meant to offend everyone of every kind of sexual orientation or race we're gonna be fine it's still gonna be fucking rough though and uh, i can't wait to you know to parse through it with you guys i'm good with the wayans brothers i have not I, the only movie wait how many of them because there's like they're like seven. Oh, whichever ones make the movies i don't know um Damon and Marlon. The, i'll be involved the I'm only Keenan. one i've seen the only wayans brothers movie i've seen is white chicks and Ooh, i love rough. it I love white chicks. <laughs> okay, all right, that, that, that might be a, that might be a Patreon episode. It's really easy for me to get on the level of that um, that movie and just like the whole movie exists in the uncanny valley because you have the Wayans brothers made up to look like I think they were inspired by like um, George W. Bush's daughters. <laughs> I think you're right. And, oh my god, that makes so much sense. And uh, it's it all, so the whole movie is just vaguely. Uh, it's like looking at the clowns from, from Killer Clowns from Outer Space. The whole movie. I I should clarify. I have never seen a scary movie movie. So I just I don't know what I'm in for. I know they're not. I mean, famously not good. And I know that it's probably going to test my patience within like the first five minutes yet oh. also i'm i'm just i'm so morbidly curious i guarantee you will laugh well we'll just we're starting the discussion now apparently but we will have the actual <laughs> discussion <laughs> yeah we'll have the actual discussion on our next episode sight unseen do you find this movie problematic <laughs> this th this pick is pretty loaded <laughs> like i think we th there isn't it is necessary to have a kind of preamble to it <laughs> mm. well we didn't make it 
<laughs> it's just out there. We're going to watch it. We'll review it next episode, which is our 101st episode. So, final reminder. So exciting. 101 episodes. Gotta watch out for Cruella DeVille. <laughs> Gonna try and make a coat of our episode. Oh, hopefully, that was, so, that was so cute, Chris. Hopefully, not the Emma Stone version. That's some true horror oh my there. God. Uh, but yeah, reminder, you know, join us on Facebook and Instagram live April 1st, April Fool's Day, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to be shooting the shit, reflecting on the past 100 episodes, uh, chatting with and we're, y'all. We're going to fool you, too. We're, we're going to be vibing. We're, yeah, that's the, that's the it's our prank. You're going to tune in and, and there's just not going to be a stream because we couldn't figure out how to do it technically. <laughs> we're going to be chatting with Possibly. y'all. If you want to join in, we might be playing some horror tricks trivial pursuit who knows what'll happen so join us for that join us for our next episode and thank you for joining us for this our 100th episode we will see you next time for every horror movie on netflix i'm patrick i'm chris i'm steven and we'll see you next time 